0: You're listening to Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, and it is our second episode of 2021. Uh, Barely our second episode, only on a technicality, because I think our our last episode came out on... Oh, no, wait, this is our third episode. Second episode. Our last episode came out in the second week of of January. So This is our second episode of 2021, and we're going to talk about one of the last movies of 2020. This is a movie that came out on Christmas Day on streaming services, and it was supposed to come out in November in theaters, uh, but it didn't. And maybe you can guess why that is if you've been living through the last year. Anyway, we are going to talk about Disney Pixar's Soul today. This is this does have a lot of spoilers. Uh, I honestly don't remember if we said so or not, but um, in our last episode, we talked about Soul uh spoiler free this episode is uh spoiler full so if you have not seen soul uh turn on your tv turn on disney plus watch soul it's roughly two hours we'll be back we'll be here when you get back so we will see you when you get back and here is some music from soul listening to classic movies live the pre-recorded show where we talk about 2020 uh movies movies from 2020 this is the last one where we're going to be talking about a movie from 2020 for well and eh, now it probably isn't we're going to be talking about movies from all over the time all over the place for the next little bit the oscars don't even happen for a couple of months but uh our last episode was our 2020 year in review so this is going to be our second episode of 2021 today uh and uh... like The first one recorded in 2021 will be next week, actually, because this is it's still 2020 right now. But um, yeah, on the last episode, uh, Pierre said that his favorite movie of the year was Soul and I had not yet seen it. So I watched Soul so that I could be ready for for this episode. We're going to talk about Soul a little more in depth today, because I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but I do feel like you had to hold back a little bit talking about it last week.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I did. It's. It's hard to express uh, my specific emotions without uh, going into the plot because I I feel like especially because like I don't think the trailer gave away much at all. Surprisingly, uh, considering I thought the trailer like before I watched the movie, I thought the trailer gave away a lot. But now I really don't. So
0: the trailer gave me a very a very specific impression of what this movie was going to be. And it was not that which I was very glad of glad about.
1: Yeah, I was, well, um, I guess without getting into too many specifics, I guess it's just, like, I was expecting a much more uh, soul, like, much more to, much more of it to be in the soul world, uh, more, I guess, more similar to, like, Inside Out, where, like, uh, the human plot or the real world plot was, like, kind of, or heavily sidelined in favor of the... The plot inside Riley's head, right in the movie, mm-hmm. whereas this was almost the opposite in a way. It's hard to say, or I guess it's much. I'd say they were both extremely uh, intertwined. So it was a very different experience than I was expecting yeah. for sure.
0: Um, I guess like okay, as as Pierre's already said, it may be hard to talk about this without spoilers. So like, here's your spoiler warning right now. But uh, I think to start off. Gear, why don't you take us through the plot of this movie or at least like sure. a summary?
1: Yeah, so uh, for starters, I guess it's, it's a we, we're introduced to Joe Gardner who is a jazz musician at the local or is that jazz no music teacher uh, at the local middle school and I actually I don't know where this is based in. Um,
0: it kind of looks like it's New York, but I don't know if that's uh, I don't oh, know Oh
1: yeah that- yeah, I guess they, they do show a shot of New York in one scene, but I guess they never specifically mention New York. Um, And yeah, and he is a, he is a, uh, a middle school band teacher who dreams of essentially being a, a a legitimate musician uh, uh, in the similar vein as his father. Right. And uh, one day he gets basically the gig that he's always dreamed of. And he goes ahead and dies like five minutes after he gets it. And he's brought into the the spirit world where he um, basically he his goal for the rest of the movie is to try to get back in time to his body in order to play the, you know, the the job that he wanted, that he's wanted his whole life. And because if he doesn't, if he doesn't get back in time, then he's going to have lost that opportunity.
0: Yeah. And he feels like, well, well, we'll get into the emotions of this movie in a second.
1: Yeah, where there is a lot, um, but yeah. So what what do you think of it?
0: Um, I really really liked it. It would definitely be somewhere on my list if I'd seen it before our uh, before our last episode.
1: Yeah, same. I was. It's. I guess it's just hard because I I remember, I remember talking about this before, but it's honestly very hard to quantify, especially even in terms of like the other Pixar movies, just because it feels it's so much of a it's so different compared to anything uh pixar that i've seen before in turn not in terms of like the because i feel like sort of uh thematically it's it's uh it's close it's actually really close to movies like inside out and coco yeah but the way it deals with it is is extremely different in that um it like i almost if this wasn't animated you'd be hard pressed to say this was entirely like a kids movie, if that makes sense, because honestly, I actually don't really see kids doing this movie that much.
0: Well, and also I think like, um, yeah, it was a very grown up movie for Pixar. Not that their movies are ever like not that, but it was very like you said, it's it's barely this movie just looked really nice Uh, inside out, for example, like Pixar movies always have a specific look to them, and that is a good look. They are very good at what they do, but like in Inside Out they had the the world inside Riley's head and like there's a lot there but like in any given shot things are kind of empty and it's just cuz they have to build this world from scratch so like I can't fault them for you know not necessarily packing every shot full of stuff but then in this movie you have like what looks like a very alive New York because there's just in every in every shot there's something there and there's always like people walking around and like every everything feels lived in. Where an in Inside Out, for example, um like a lot of the a lot of the world kind of like it
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like if it, it everything uh mm, I don't want to say, it, but it, it feels a little more polished. I don't know.
0: It does for sure.
1: And uh um, I, I guess that's like the big um I wouldn't say difference, it's just like uh, I don't know how to say it. It's
0: it does set uh, it apart I, from I, some Pixar movies. It's not necessarily a difference because it's not necessarily the difference between it and other Pixar movies because Pixar does tend to be very polished, but even for a Pixar movie, this was incredibly polished.
1: Yeah, I I would agree to that. Um I wouldn't say though that the the script was as up to because it okay, this is where it's like confusing because the script is very for for, from what i saw it it felt very just the the plot structure felt like all over the place if that makes sense and like unpredictable but kind of in a good way like almost experimental just because um like how like we we never really get to know the spirit world that much a lot of the the for, uh, like in a movie like Inside Out you, you spend so much time exploring this world and there's a ton of basically expositional dialogue but it works because like they, they create an interesting world right and then especially that's kind of the route this movie takes at the start but then in the second act all of a sudden they they put you right back into the the human world right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just a small detour this was like an extended amount of time and that it was basically the entire second act was uh, in the human world. And it's just like, it's not it's not exactly like kid friendly, if that makes sense. And then, like, I feel like a lot of the world building they did in the first act was kind of not thrown away, but rendered a lot less useful. Mm -hmm. But I I like it in terms of so I don't like it for that reason but I like it in terms of the I, I, I did I really did think it was a, a big creative risk for them to do and I guess it like worked out because well, I, I, I like after they entered, I did not expect that at all
0: mm-hmm How think that that's the right and uh, yeah. yeah actually once they were back in the human world this movie ended up reminding me a lot more of movies like like, before they go into the human, before they, while they're in the spirit world, it reminded me a lot of inside out. And that's what I was thinking I was going to be getting. But then once they went back into the human world, it reminded me, like it started reminding me a lot more of movies like a Christmas Carol, or it's a wonderful life where like Mm. the whole point of the movie is that the guy has to face Joe Gardner has to face the facts that like his life is not where he wants it to be. But also where he wants it to be isn't where he needs it to be.
1: Um, yeah, I guess that, that's a that's an interesting way of saying it. But yeah, it's it's a really, I mean, it's really sad to to see a scene where, uh, basically he's looking back uh, at his whole life and he's just like, my entire life was completely pointless. If that if that mm-hmm. makes sense, and I feel like that's an amazing... It's a it's a really heavy scene to to experience and what was like what what going in you thought would be like a kids movie right but like it's stuff like that that like that like I feel like a kid would not be able to relate to if that makes sense so it's just like surprising to see things like that cuz that's a very adult emotion I would say
0: Yeah because it's not even just yeah cuz it it really is that he goes in he sees his entire life before him but he doesn't see you know the good things he sees like every disappointment he's ever experienced so yeah
1: and i guess that's i mean that's well i guess that's the theme of the movie in part but like that's kind of life in a way you know i a -hmm. lot of movies try to that's what I, i i love about this is a lot of movies try to uh take you away from like the emotions of i think regular human life right but this and like like it's kind of like an escapism factor if that makes sense where you're you're watching this movie to like um kind of escape your your problems that you're experiencing right now and like dream of a better world almost mm-hmm. at least it, at least especially in like uh, children's movies right but yeah but this was like i love the the theme of just uh like your life is good enough you know like it's not these huge dramatic movements that we see in movies that that make life what it is it's like the the small it's the small things that that add up that we actually that we actually enjoy the most.
0: Yeah. And, well, this uh, movie is like it. Um, I really like this movie basically about this guy finding the meaning of life. And he sort of settles on that. And, and like by the end of the movie, you sort of find out. And I guess this is major spoilers now that like the meaning of life that he was looking for, like it's not a purpose. He doesn't have he wasn't born to do one thing or anything like that. He just like the meaning of life is just living, which is a really that's a really hard message to get across. And this movie like does it really well.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing I thought. I remember when I saw the trailer for this, I thought it was going a completely different direction where uh, like for, they, they were basically explicitly saying, if you're not if you're not doing art, uh, your life is like kind of a waste of time because you're not chasing your passion which is like a very very stereotypical film message if that makes sense where yeah um you you know you just because obviously a lot of movie makers um are are people that work in uh more creative (laughs) fields and they they probably relate to a lot of those more so you're gonna get a lot of stories based around that because that's what these the creators felt you know yeah. they had to they had to face a big challenge in some sense to kind of get to do what they wanted in their life uh, and then they kind of see the other stuff is pointless so I, I going in I, I saw that I was like okay like uh I I might like it because I I personally like I, I personally like to like uh would like a life like that but I mean it's so it's so overdone and cliche I think la la land actually, after la la land i don't think any movie could kind of work with those themes any better um mm. because i think it it just nailed the head or hit the nail on the head so well in that movie so but then they just completely turned that that theme on its head and it's i don't know honestly it makes the movie cuz I, I, i'm going to be honest i didn't really love i i didn't love the the singular parts of it but when it ended it just everything just made so much more sense and uh, it's it's really it's just the themes that that carried this so hard, because um, mm-hmm. yeah I don't this didn't I didn't feel much like if we're looking at the character work in terms of the other characters like Joe Gardner had a lot of time right but uh, Tina Fey's character at 22 was to me relatively underdeveloped and I never felt like any type of real bond between the two if that makes sense. Because a lot of their relationship to me just felt like 22 fuck, fucking up Joe Gardner's life as Which, much as possible, ironically.
0: I, I felt like 22 uh, really helped me relate to Joe Gardner a little more because like she was underdeveloped because she literally had never lived. So, you know, she has what she she has her spirit life going for her. But even that is even though it's infinitely many things, isn't really much to go on. Cause like her whole point is that she has to find the spark. That's going to make her live essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I thought it was really cool how she would interact with Joe, which is basically just, she possessed Joe and then lived as Joe because to me, like she has no idea what to do in this situation. So she just did what felt right, where Joe, you know, he has 30 however many years of being alive under his belt, which stops him from taking risks and stops him from saying what he maybe needs to say to people or like makes him say something that maybe someone else actually doesn't want to hear, but is going to be polite and then not tell him because like most of her scenes, well, most of her scenes were like, She convinces a trombone player who's about to give up trombone that life is pointless, but clearly she enjoys the trombone. So she should continue playing trombone. And like she goes to she goes with Joe to get a haircut and just talks to the barber about his life, which is somehow something Joe never did. And everyone comes out the better for it. And so like through her possessing Joe, Joe realizes sort of what was wrong well kind of like what
1: yeah well I, I guess he just wasn't appreciating what he had is essentially
0: yeah the,
1: the theme and it, if it, it, it's this is where it's kind of odd i think because it, it feels like something we've seen so many times before and that it's like basically if, if you boil it down to like uh to the very basics the movies about not not seeing what he had before, you know, and that's—I feel like that's a theme that's been done a lot. Like even looking at uh, at Onward from earlier this year, it has basically the exact same theme of of like the what you were looking for your whole life was right in front of you, you just didn't embrace it. And if that makes sense, where the Tom Holland character wanted a father figure his whole life, but didn't realize his brother was that father figure. And but yeah. and and they kind of realize like the realization is really similar too, and that they have like these flashback moments where their mentality is completely switched. But like, I'm not an I'm not an I, I guess I'm asking you a question. I'm not entirely sure why uh, souls moment hits so much harder than onward.
0: Well, I think I think it's because. I think Soul is just really good at getting the point across. Because like you said, it's not rare for a movie to be like, oh, what you were looking for was right in front of you the whole time. That's probably one of the most cliched messages in movies. But in this movie, it's like, it actually shows that in a way that feels real. Because in Onward, it's like, oh, you didn't appreciate your brother, but this entire time he's been looking out for you and he loves you a lot. And it's like, cool, now you know that. But in this one, it's like, oh, all you needed to, like, he realizes what he's been missing through just witnessing a conversation that he normally would not have had. And it's sort of like, to me, this felt like something I could actually act on. Like, I don't know, next time I go to the barber, maybe I'll ask her about her day or something. Because, yeah. and i like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's not exactly the lesson I should get out of that. But at the same <laughs> time, like, you know, if... It is not a hard realization that, like, uh, well, like, it's, it's not hard to realize, like, that someone in my life who I am close to but haven't been appreciating as much as I should have is maybe someone I should appreciate more. But exactly how to do that, like, a movie doesn't tell you how to do that. Where in this movie, it's like, it actually tells you, like, it actually shows not only um, how, what he hasn't been appreciating in his life, but, like, how he can appreciate it more. And so I think that's part of why that hits so much harder is just it feels actionable.
1: Okay, and I guess more more relatable too for everyone in terms of, every, and like anyone can appreciate their life more, but the specific circumstance of realizing your brother was your dad all along is a little, or is, is kind of unique, maybe?
0: I mean, it's more like, I think, like, it's it, to me, it's more like if the moral of a movie is that these two people have now gotten along a lot more, that doesn't mean anything for me. Like, I, I appreciate it for their characters, but like, mm-hmm. what does what that? What do I learn from that? Not really oh, anything I except see. that I've okay. seen like a movie where in this, like, he wasn't actually necessarily getting closer to anyone specifically. He was just sort of learning that he he was just he was just sort of dealing with mental blocks he'd had and the way and then like this movie is just sort of it it sounds like a, it seems like a very actionable version of like like the story the moral is a very actionable version of just take it easy right
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I guess the way it guess especially I I guess with onward when I think about it the I I I think this theme was like pretty obvious from the start uh (laughs) uh, with the whole brother thing even because the brother was, like, kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, in terms of, like, like I just remember him being, like, always, like, like, embarrassing Tom Holland's character and, like, not not really listening to him specifically. So yeah. it was, like, an odd... It was a twist where it was, like, it felt obvious, but then it also, like, felt like it didn't really have any real reason for being... It felt forced, I guess. Um, This one, though, I, I, I remember was Soul, I remember thinking... The way it was gonna go was he would, uh, uh I don't know how to say it. He would find he wouldn't get the gig, and then he would be like, you know what? I don't need this gig anyways because I I I have more than this in my life, if that makes sense. But then he did get the gig, and then you're like, wait, what's going on? Um, because he he had made it technically right, and yeah. then you're like, and then you're like, wait, where the hell is this going? I guess, and then. Maybe the, 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 I like the, the 22, the, I personally didn't see that coming either. The whole, the whole twist where she, she uh, finds out how, or her passion for life through just like doing these things that Joe was going to do anyways. Hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. I did not see that coming at all. Cause it, it feels, it feels just like, I guess they distract you with like, it's like a countdown to, to be getting ready for the, for the the recital or whatever and and then you realize like at the at the very end of that kind of the the second act basically that she that she had her own arc the whole time you just didn't really realize it i guess so that was kind of cool too it kept you on Mm. your toes
0: yeah i think also um just to kind of touch on what you just said i thought it was a really kind of unique in this movie that he gets everything he wants or he gets he gets the gig that he wants he plays it he nails it it's just great he is now like had the best experience of his life and like it still didn't make him feel fulfilled
1: yeah that's a very i don't i don't think i've ever actually seen that i can't or i can't think of a movie where i've seen that before personally i don't know and it it feels it feels so right but also like 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 it feels like it had to have been done before but I, i just can't think of one because again, yeah, I usually yeah. I usually feel like the person wouldn't get the gig at all and they have to cope with that. Right. Uh, so that was I mean, I guess that's that, that was just really because I, I feel like the the theme is very up to interpretation, too, because I think some people could actually look at this and be like, like, oh, this movie's trying to tell me there's no reason to chase my dreams, if that makes sense. Which I, mean, I, guess, I guess like look at it on like a surface level. Um, you can definitely get that, but it's, I guess to me, at least it's more like you should definitely chase what you want in life, but don't, it's not gonna always, it's not gonna give you everything you ever wanted, Yeah. which is the truth, right? Like it's never, once you, once you get it, you're not going to be eternally happy for the rest, like your entire life isn't gonna just magically gain like pure happiness and meaning from that, you know? So
0: because after he gets uh, the gig, he talks to the band leader, and he's like, "Hey, cool! So I've done it. I did it. What's next?" She goes, "You come back tomorrow, and we do it again. And then you come back the next <laughs> day, and we do it again. That's how this business works." Yeah. What were you thinking?
1: Yeah, it's not. I guess you know we. I never thought of like what would happen after either. It because she made it sound so lame. Honestly, she's just like, it's not. Yeah. It's not like musicians just slack around. They have to work every day. So.
0: Oh boy thank you saxophone man from saving us from our brief technical difficulties all right uh we are back um pierre uh do you wanna you i, I think you were halfway through a thought do you wanna do you wanna sort of wrap up what you were saying and then we can leave soul for yeah. uh yeah
1: uh basically i think uh what i was saying was that the the big revelation is that um well for joe gardner is that you know, like him him getting the role of a lifetime doesn't necessarily mean his it's not like a, a complete fantasy, if that makes sense. It's just like he's kind of doing the same thing he was as a band teacher, but like just in a different environment, you know, like he's not going to make a huge ton of money or uh, or really like have to work any less. It's uh, it's just like a different lifestyle, even though this was basically the, you know, the the goal and the career that he's been setting for himself his whole life. Right. So. Well I think
0: like um this is sort of this is actually something that I kind of like about a lot of I want to say modern movies and I mean that basically just like movies recently have done this a lot more than movies in the past like at the end of a story in general someone will get whatever they've been working towards for that story and they'll have a happy ending. And in this movie and in a lot of other movies recently like they get what they're working towards but then it shows that once you've achieved whatever you were trying to do like there's there's a tomorrow still and life still goes on and life doesn't necessarily like your happy ending for that movie isn't necessarily an ending and that's kind of what's in this movie is he gets you know he gets what he wanted and that's then he has to just live with the fact that now that goal is accomplished and he needs to move on to something else or he needs to live with that.
1: Yeah, well, it's, I guess it's like it's a it's it was a really sobering thought, both, I think, for uh, audiences and 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 Joe Gardner, like, obviously, because he's the character that experienced it. But uh, and yeah, I, I think it's like these types of revelations that really make soul just like such a different movie. And it, and it's the and they They keep coming back at you with these like uh pretty like i would even necessarily say because it doesn't seek to answer any of these questions i guess like i love that we don't actually it's actually like a really big thing like i i love we don't actually see what joe ends up doing with his life after he kind of uh gets gets this huge revelation because um well i think the truth is he doesn't really even know because like the movie isn't necessarily uh it's like it's making you it's making you think about it and it's letting you I think it lets you decide um, what you wish Joe Gardner's life would be like, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that I think that's clever because I think at especially at that moment, we can I kind of all put ourselves uh, in Joe's shoes and not like watching this movie. We've been we kind of share this experience with Joe and now it's kind of like up to us to decide how we want to keep living our lives, you know? So, I don't remember
0: you know. the very, very end of this movie. Do you maybe you do? Uh, I know that a lot of Pixar movies will end with like, there's the end of the movie and then it's basically over. And then after that, there'll be like a little epilogue where it's like, uh, I don't know, my name is Joy. And this is what I do now. Because now that everything's over, I have a new role in, I have a new role inside Riley's head. Riley's going on a date today. And it's like a bunch of these other nice little things that happen afterwards that's like that shows you that everything is A-OK and that life is cool now. And, like, does Soul have anything like that? I think it just goes to the credits.
1: Not at all. It basically, because to me, I think the climax of the movie was was essentially, uh, I, I think you could see it as when he kind of uh, gives joy his life, if that makes sense.
0: 22, but, but yeah.
1: 22, yes, right? Um but but then also I think it's potentially like when he's going to the great beyond and he's given that second chance. The climax is almost the very end where it's just like, um, I I think uh, I don't want to say because it. the climax is usually when the character kind of is struggling with a concept and then they kind of make like an irreversible change into one direction that like changes like the the entire the character and the story. Right, if that makes sense. And then and I almost say that moment for him was when when he's going to the great beyond and he and he's totally OK with it. Right. But then he gets that second chance and um, it's almost like the climax was something we never saw in a way because it would be what he decides to do next with his life. Right. Right. And uh, we and yeah, and it's just like we don't It it shows literally nothing. It shows him, I think, stepping out the door and he sighs and then that's it. You know, and that means that could mean because I I don't necessarily think the the movie was pointing us towards believing he would go in a certain direction.
0: Well, I feel like it's a sigh of relief, but that's really about all that you can draw from that.
1: Well, I, I think he realizes that, like, no matter what he like, no matter what profession or whatever that he chooses, he no one can ever take away or nothing will ever take away those little moments. That that make his life what it actually is, and that's why, like, I think he uh, he realizes that, and then that's just like basically, I like I, I feel like honestly, the character could have gone like for a while not knowing what what exactly he wanted to do, like after the movie, even like it could have been like a year before he's like, okay, like maybe I do want to be in that band or something, or or stay a teacher. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was a very. Uh, it was a very sudden ending, and I usually don't like sudden endings, but it worked so well in the context of this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this was a much in kind of a weird way. This was a like deeper movie than most Pixar movies and also a much smaller movie than most Pixar movies. Like it's not they no one changed the world in this in this Pixar movie. And like you no, know, but it also said Way more than like I, I'm just trying to compare it to like Monsters Inc., which is one of their best movies. But like at the end of Monsters Inc., Sully and Mike Wazowski have changed the world. And but ultimately, like it doesn't say. It says a little bit. It's a movie with a message. But like I feel like Soul says more by with the character ultimately doing less. Yeah. Not to detract and- from either of those. I'll. Yeah, Obviously.
1: well, I, I think that's just important because like I uh, while mm, it's just it's such a personal like everyone everyone's kind of personal moments of that like or like or for what they want to do with their life. Like it's not you can't I don't think you can really provide an ending that really satisfies everyone, you know, and that's like it's it's mm. just not the point of the movie. The point of the movie was uh to appreciate like what you have and don't like, like your career is not who you are and it's not and your, and your goals should not become like your only, your only purpose for living, if that makes sense. So maybe
0: even more than that, part of the point, what I got out of this movie is that like no one thing is who you are. Joe wasn't just a musician. Like 22 was never going to be just a philosopher or an artist. Like there's just all of every person is a collection of all of these moments and all of these experiences, which mm-hmm. is a, I feel like that's a pretty difficult message to get across in almost anything. And I feel like Soul really did that.
1: Yeah, it did. And that's why it's like definitely for me, uh one of Pixar's best movies. I, I almost don't even want to like, it's really hard to rank it with their other movies just because of like how different it is. So I, think I, that, I feel like I see all the other movies and then Soul's like in a in a space of its own.
0: I think eventually it would be pretty cool for us to do an episode where we do a Pixar ranking. But like mm. at this particular moment, I have just seen Soul. I've only seen it once. Like, I feel like any ranking I give it, even if that's ultimately where it ends up falling, is kind of, I'm kind of giving it that too too hastily at this point. Like, Maybe let's go back at some point, you know, in a year or so. Watch Cars two, and then we'll do a Pixar <laughs> ranking.
1: Yeah, I mean, we only really need to see Cars two to. It's Cars, Cars two or Soul on top, basically.
0: It, it, definitely, I mean, super S tier, both of those <laughs> movies for sure.
1: Um, I, I also really quickly I wanted to talk about Pete Doctor. I think this is a pretty important um or a time to talk about him because this might and probably is from what I can tell, it's, it's going to be like his last directed by or directed movie. Um, at least for the foreseeable future, just because he, he, he's based, he's running Pixar now. And, uh, from what, like, from what I remember with John Laziter when he was running it, he, uh, he didn't really have a hand in directing the movies himself anymore. Uh, so, I mean, like, I'd love to like, what, what do you, do you know what his other movies were?
0: Ah uh, well, he did Inside Out for sure, and I think he did um, Monsters, Inc., Did he not?
1: Yeah, he did Monster Inc. and uh, Up.
0: Oh right. Others.
1: So, so like, where I do you see that- Soul and as like and rank? Not just ranking them, but just kind of like, um, like in the evolution of him as a director, if that makes sense? Because it's been twenty years since Monster Inc., which is crazy.
0: So, if I were if I were to rank those, uh, it would be very hard because. I think Inside Out is ultimately the worst of those, but all of those are really good. Um, so like I can I can rank Inside Out among those, but everything else is like, I, I honestly don't know which one I like best. But what I would say is um, I think if this is the last Pete Doctor directed movie, then I think this is a pretty good one for him to go out on. And I think this makes sense in the evolution of him as a director, because uh, these, those movies have gotten progressively more and more personal. Monsters, Inc. was a, a fairly personal movie, but it was kind of wacky and like had a whole world. It had world building aspects. He created this entire universe, basically, like there's a lot going on there and then it gets progressively less like in in up that was his next movie he also created like a weird world and had like some cool kooky things but ultimately it was this very personal story about a guy getting over a trauma that he really hadn't ever been able to get over inside out is literally all inside a young girl's mind and so it deals with you know human emotion and what all of that means and then Soul takes a little bit of all of that and makes it the most personal story he's ever directed for sure.
1: Yeah. I well, it, it is really cool how like I, I think because I I think like funnily enough, I think he like basically perfected like like because I I'd say Monsters Inc. was definitely his most like by the books movie. Um but he did it so so well, right? right in terms of uh you know like I, I think all the character work was really well done the animation and the world was really cool and uh like obviously i to to have like all this world building and stuff you you have to have a relatively safe plot um to keep it to keep the movie afloat right and then uh it's really cool like i definitely say he's grown more and more ballsy with with his creative choices and and it's really cool because uh like 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 I said, I don't think like I think he could have made another movie in this in a similar vein as Monsters Inc. just as good and just as good. But like he really it really seems like he challenged himself to to push to push to create uh you know more just more philosophical movies as he went as he went further and further into his uh career. So and up and I mean Soul is definitely like I'd say the most experimental by far. And and almost like I like funnily enough, I could I could see like out of, of all these movies, obviously, I definitely say, uh maybe up. But Soul Soul could have been like uh, a live feature, if that makes sense. And yeah. I'd really I'd be really interested to see you. I mean, I doubt he will will ever do this, but like to see him direct like a live action movie and um how how that transitions over
0: because because uh, it... like he
1: it was oh. it was really well directed, like just mm-hmm. in in any standard
0: yeah it'd be interesting to see him direct something live action i don't know that he will ever get the chance considering like you said he's running pixar so like maybe when he retires from that if he wants to stay in movies but um yeah i mean it would, i'd be interested to see if he could make the jump because you know for example i'm personally not convinced brad bird did anyway none of the none
1: of them have none of the pixar directors really made a great transition. Bradford was the any- like closest, I'd say, but
0: well, Brad Bird actually tried to transition into live action. And as far as I'm concerned, it was a disaster. Uh, but has anyone else even tried?
1: Well there was okay, so there was Andrew Stanton who did John Carter, which uh he so he did finding it, it seems like a trend where like so Andrew Stanton did finding Dory and finding Nemo. Um, I think he did another one. I can't remember which but essentially he 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 saw great success and then he tried to transition into live action with disney and it failed so then he had to go back to making pixar movies as that was like basically his one shot i guess at, at making the at making the switch over um which is I like, i mean i understand but it's also kind of sad just because like i think he i think there was just a lot going against john carter um and then yeah brad bird did brad bird was close i think because he did apparently he did, he he did do Protocol Mission Impossible. Was- yeah, I was yeah, gonna that say was that good. movie was really good. And it was
0: Tomorrowland was a disaster, but Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol was good.
1: Yeah, and then he and then he went back and did he also did a sequel to his original uh Pixar movie. So like it's uh I don't know. I, I feel like these guys don't get enough because like I think the, the, the transition is a lot cuz directing a yeah. animated movie i think there's so like i wouldn't say necessarily it's easier or harder but like the the skills required to to direct are very very different um yeah. and i mean it's just especially i i feel like they would have a better chance if they they settled to try something smaller first and then expanded on that but like cuz like both of these guys went from directing uh like an animated movie which obviously like it's very like computer programming intensive and uh it's a it's a very easy environment they're not easy environment it's a controlled environment to work in whereas film uh live action film like you got to deal with actors and and weather and location scouting and stuff like it's a whole nother process so i mean i i feel like if they got the chance to to test the waters first before jumping into like huge $200 million budgeted movies. uh, It it could have gone better.
0: I'm sure how much I hate bringing this guy up as a positive example, but like uh, Joss Whedon uh, when he did like he did Avengers age of Ultron, which is like, I don't know, 700 million gazillion dollar movie. I don't, it's, it's huge, whatever. And then right after that, he did, he went back and did like a very, very, very small adaptation of, I think the Tempest with just a bunch of people he was already friends with. And like, I, I haven't seen it, unfortunately, but like from all accounts, that was really good. And like, this is the kind of, these are the kind of projects that I would like to see these guys do. Like they don't necessarily have to do pretentious indie stuff, but like, doing a smaller project on almost no budget just because it's fun is probably a way easier way to make that transition to live action than going straight to Mission Impossible 5.
1: Yeah, even though that worked for him, or at least yeah, it, it works for Brad Bird. It so, somehow so. works,
0: so great. But like, you know, you, you said with Andrew Stanton, he had a lot working against him there, that none of which was necessarily his fault. I haven't seen John Carter, so I don't know like if it's good or bad. but. It bombed at the box office and critics didn't love it. So,
1: yeah, that I that's I guess it's just almost unfair because I like it was one of the biggest. It was an original proper, a relatively unknown property, uh, mm. with one of the biggest budgets in filmmaking ever at the time, uh, given to a guy that hadn't really worked in live action before. I think I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look up Andrew Stan, but I don't think he has that much experience with it. Uh, yeah, that that was his first one so that's that's crazy anyways i'm sure there's hope for the future
0: i think i think we should end this off by uh what would you say what would you say like on a on a whim what would you give soul out of 10
1: uh i'd say like a nine um i i loved it but i i can i can see its flaws or some of its flaws and while i don't mind them it's because they don't get in a, in the way of the the movie's themes which really really carry it uh it, it does i i can't give it like a 10 out of 10 just because of that but um there's a yeah it but it was like a very great it was a great movie and i'll definitely like remember remember watching it as, as probably like the most uh most spiritual i guess movie watching that uh maybe of my life i'm not sure but yeah
0: yeah, I would, I am inclined to go that far as well. I've had a couple of days to simmer off since, uh, since watching soul. But, um, I mean, my gut reaction is that it is definitely among my favorite Pixar movies. If it's, it, it probably isn't my favorite Pixar movie, but it's among them. Like it's top tier for sure. Mm. And so I think I I'm inclined to go nine. I'm going to go eight. I think that like, as of now, currently, having seen it only once, I'm gonna say eight, and that could raise or lower in the future the next time I watch it.
1: Sounds good, yeah. I'm not sure. I I feel like I might rate it lower the second time I watch it. That's why I'm, like, too scared. I'm, like, scared to watch it a second time. Uh, Yeah, well,
0: I mean, I'm gonna do it eventually. It's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, either way, I definitely strong, strong recommend Great Movie. I think, I feel like anyone should watch this, but, yeah.
0: Pierre, Another we are within we are within five months of the Oscars, which means it is Oscars <sighs> time. Uh, this is a weird year; Oscars have been delayed, which doesn't happen normally, but did this year, which gives us more time to talk at length about the Oscars. So uh, we had you you had an idea that I think I'll talk about a little more on our next episode near the end, but um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some we're gonna we're gonna. Make a point to talk about Oscar movies, not necessarily from this year, but the next one we're going to talk about is a potential Oscar. It's you know what? I mean, I think it's guaranteed to get some nominations regardless. We're going to talk about Minari next. You ready for that?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. All right. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Let's talk about Minari.